0: Hallelujah. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. And if, I'm, I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in store for the rest of this service, but I'm also looking forward to uh, tomorrow night when we have all of our, our, our um, fellowship tomorrow. No fellowship on Wednesday except with your families and with the Lord, wherever you may be, spending Christmas Day. But tomorrow, we're going to have our prayer service and our Wednesday night service together. And, um, I'm looking forward to big things. Amen? I know the Lord will be here. Um, And I don't want to pass up that opportunity to come together with you all and pray and praise and worship and have fellowship with God. So let's pray. Father, right now my heart is full. I, I don't have the words. Father, I thank You that people who are imperfect, who go along every day with certain struggles and sometimes we have bad attitudes and we're not always mindful of You, but Father, yet You tarry here with us this morning. Lord, we worship You. We adore You. We love You. Lord, I I thank you for the opportunity to gather with your people who are called by your name. Lord, I pray that during the rest of the time that we have together this morning that you would that you would work on our hearts and our minds. That, Father, that you would allow us to hear you loudly and clearly. Father, as we've been so busy and probably many of us will continue to be busy right up until it's time to serve the meal on Wednesday or right up until the time it's time to open up the gifts or whatever it may be. Lord, in this moment, even those who are teaching, the little ones in the classrooms, Father, in this moment, would you please minister to our hearts and let us, Father, be so mindful and so full of why it is that we are so busy. And can we just, Father, would you just help us to slow down and take a moment To enjoy fellowship with you. To come near you. And have you come near us. Lord, we want to be near you. Lord, we want fellowship with you. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, get all the glory here this morning as we continue to Try to hear from you and, and listen closely and intently with our hearts and with our minds. Lord, be glorified. And allow what we hear, what we come in contact with this morning, allow it to change us. Lord, there are many of us in this room who understand wholly and completely what I'm about to say and are in total agreement with it. Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves to you right now. And we ask, Lord, not our will but yours be done. In Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. Well, I'm going to start off reading, and I'm going to be in Luke chapter 8. I'm going to begin in verse 4. The minute I can catch my breath here. And when a great multitude had gathered... And they had come to him, Jesus, from every city. He spoke by parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And he had sowed some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock. As soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop, crop a hundred Fold. When he had said these things, he cried, "He who has ears to hear, let him hear." And my brothers and sisters, I mean, many of us are familiar with that scripture, with that text, and you know we've studied it together, and certainly on your own you've studied it. Um, but we know that you know when Jesus said, "He who has ears, let him hear." You know, many of us have ears, and 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 we may. Uh, think that we 're truly listening, but when when the Bible speaks to us about hearing it 's really speaking to us about understanding are we Are we taking the time not just to to listen a little bit or to hear a little bit? Are we truly taking the time to understand it 's important that we understand and so now, um, obviously many of the folks then did not understand, and, and the disciples didn 't understand so later on we 're going to jump down right now to verse 11 in that same chapter where Jesus begins to give the explanation for the parable. Now the parable is this, in verse 11, The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. But verse 15, I want you to notice. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm st- Hallelujah. I'm going to continue. I want to just take a part, we just kind of look this, break this down a little bit. Again, I know this is repetitive for so many of us. We've been in the Word for a long time, but just kind of give your ear. Let's, Let's hear. Let's understand. The wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the Word out of their hearts, Lest they should believe and be saved. So think about this for a moment. Many of us in this room have been in churches and and we've read the Bible. And you know, can can, can you can you acknowledge that the the Lord Himself has determined that it would there would be there would be preachers. He ordained His Word to be preached, and for you to be to read it, obviously, but then also for it to be preached to be taught and taken to the far ends of the And so we're here now uh, listening uh, to the Word of God, uh, but it's also uh, the written Word of God. So any time that a preacher gets into a pulpit and you're in the presence of someone who's a, uh, a Christian minister, let's say it that way, who's, who's delivering a message, it should line up with what this Word says. And so many times, my brothers and sisters, have you been in church and you're, you happen to be studying something, and then you, you go to church, and man, if if the word isn't being preached from that minister, just happen to be that word that you were studying, and then all of a sudden something happened, and you know the the subject matter. Man, it's happened to us many times. I, I think for um, one time, my daughter's not here, so I could talk about her a little bit. Uh, when my daughter was in middle school, she was always a good, very compliant, very good child and everything. But, you know, every once in a while there would be a little misbehavior. And I remember there was one time that she misbehaved. And, you know, it was just, you know, I couldn't spank my daughter. But it was aggravating and just really had me all in knots. So it was, uh, I think it was a Sunday uh, or Wednesday. I just know we had night service that night. And so I was telling her and I'm telling her why this is wrong and, I'm telling her, and I started you know, showing her or, or preaching or teaching from the Bible this is why this is wrong and I'm, I'm giving her scripture and I'm saying this is wrong don't you even honor God that kind of thing it was that kind of rebuke that came from me and I remember that we went to church that night and I said you're not sitting anywhere except beside me that was her punishment she had to sit beside dad so and, I, and man, I mean it, we went to the front row. I mean, if we weren't in the front row, we were in the second row. I just can't recall. But we were right up front, and she sat right next to me. And Pastor Loren, who some of you are familiar with, he starts preaching. And when he's preaching, he starts using some scripture. And darn it if it wasn't some of the same things that I just said to her a little while ago at the house. Now, I kind of looked over her, and she looked at me, and them eyes were as big as saucers. And I said, leaned over and said, Rachel, uh, does God speak to us? yeah <laughs> so 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 why am I saying that? My brothers and sisters, because just like when we receive a word like that and it's confirmed to us, have you ever had that, and you feel excited about it? I mean, you know, okay, God is really speaking to me. God, you know, this is this is awesome, God, this is awesome. But then the minute that happens, you know, you get out there, you go, in, and there's going to be, and you want to share it with somebody. And then someone's going to say something to you like, well, that wasn't God because. Or, yeah, and they're going to one-up you and say, well, if you think that, what about this? Man, I was in a service one time and this happened and that happened. And before you know it, you're getting into that spiritual superstar contest which happens almost all the time. And I'm pretty sick of it, so don't, don't approach me that way. I'm just telling you, it's not going to go well but it happens all the time. Or something happens and things go wrong and the enemy is just ministering, see, that wasn't God. That the enemy is not wanting us to receive the seed, this, this word that's from God that can spring up into something and cause us to be so fruitful, to, for that fruit to be born out in our lives. So the enemy is going to do what he can and he's going to use people closest to you happens all the time so so those are the ones who hear the devil comes takes away the word out of their hearts before it can even get rooted and you can really start living on what that truth was that God just blessed you with how about the ones on the rock the seed that's thrown on the rock those are when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no root who believe for a while and then in time of temptation they fall away so think about that. So now you've received the word and you know it's the word. You're excited. You're joyful about it. But then something happens. It can be any kind of temptation. And I receive the word. I'm, I'm overjoyed about it. And then you, know, you go to work and someone is lambasting me about something forget about it, I lose it, my man, I, I blow it, I, I, you know, I lose my temper, I lose my patience with something because, you know what, this person just worked on my last nerve and it's just I let it go. Or, you know what, uh, it's Christmas time, you know, it's the time for celebration, come on, Uh, Tone, I'll just use me because if I say the wrong name I'm going to tick somebody off they may be listening or you may be in this room so I'm just going to use my name (laughs) don't send me any letters or emails I will not read them come on Tone just come on let's go over here we'll have a little party it's no big deal blah 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 and then one drink turns into two drinks two drinks turns into three and before you know it it's all over Why? Well, it was just a little, you know, just a little party, just a little this, just a little that. Or, there you are, a married man. And there that person is, going through that office wearing her best new Christmas dress that is cut so short, or is, you you know what I'm saying? And there that heart went, (gasps) took that second, third, or fourth look, you know what I'm talking about. And so now before you ladies get to uh, looking at or nudging your husband or taking to see if your husband's eyes are down, making sure, "Eh, let me see, how's he reacting to that? No, how about y'all? Same. Same. Because the enemy of our soul is trying to affect you all the same way as he's affecting us. Telling you that you know these guys that are really stacked and well built—that's what you you know have the the uh, what do you call that? Six-pack. The six pack. Six pack. Why you guys thinking about that? I was thinking about washboard. <laughs> what, what, what? Come out. That, that's what, Dan, that's what you should be, you know, or this guy or that guy, the, the, the knight in shining armor, that's the one that, instead of that little old guy that you're married to, and I said, little, that's right, I'm talking about me. That little old guy that you're married to. So, so, so think about that. So you receive this word, and it brings you joy and, and 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 then you got it down in there, but then something happens, and you're tempted to to look the, look another way or or you're tempted to to go take a path that goes and leads you into a different direction. How about the one that fell among thorns, my brothers and sisters i I would dare to say that this bothers many of us the one that are those who when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares of riches and the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. Man, the cares. Let's think about this. The cares and the pleasures of this life. Cares of this life. Man, sometimes it can be something that is you know we really it's no malicious intent it's nothing that we you know specifically or purposely go out and you know I want to go out there and offend God or I want to go out there and I'm going to go ahead and, and, and do something that's a little bit dicey it's not anything like that it's just you know what I've got to work i got to pay bills I've got to do all this stuff and I've got all of these cares stacked up against me I've got this one pulling on me this way I've got that one pulling on me that way I've got the kids acting a fool I've got this bar that won't leave me alone. I've got these employees. (sighs) So you've got all of these cares and it just strangles you and it chokes that word of life that God had planted into you. And I've got this one talking bad about me and I've got that one who doesn't like me and I've got this one who's rejected. Oh man, that's all it takes, isn't it? And then that word that's been planted in there, that word starts to get choked out. I could just see it. I could just see all... Just like a viney plant just wrapping itself and just entangling and just squeezing the life right out of us because that's what happens. It's life. We care. But what about this? It's all about the bling. It's all about the next boat. all about the next plane. It's all about the next car. It's all about the next... House, it's all about the bigger this, the more wonderful that. Come on. A little bit quiet right then. And, And those things choke out that seed, that thing that was planted in us that God had intended, that truth in our lives, that word in us to really bring us true prosperity. To prosper us even as our soul is prospering according to the word of God. Amen? Amen? Are you good ground today? Let me let me show you something. I like I like showing you things. That's a that's a bag of, of ryegrass seed. It's ryegrass. This is um there's approximately I got my I think I got my facts right. I can remember uh, Turfgrass turf grass one oh one. There's approximately 300,000 seeds in one pound of ryegrass, in one pound. So when we planted the golf course, we overseed the golf course with this because it's, it does better in cold weather and limited sunlight. You know, in the winter, we, our days are shorter. So in this part of our country, um, this does really well this time of year where the Bermuda grass, which grows in the summer, doesn't do as well In shorter days, it needs uh, a bigger, brighter window with a higher sun, longer time. I'm giving you an agronomy lesson, you know, with the message today. So you can all go out and have good lawns when we leave here. But anyway, my brothers and sisters, so we overseed the fairways and T-tops with this. And now I told you a minute ago that there was um, 300,000 seeds approximately per pound of this. We've put about 450 pounds per acre uh, on the golf course. And so that's a lot of seeds, right? Hey, do you have that picture? Okay, the picture of the golf course. Uh, there you go. Okay, so I'm showing you the contrast. This is the uh, the summer grass, the Bermuda grass. That's what's normally, that's, that's what you see all the time. And you see the green stuff, fairways, tees. Okay, that's the rye grass. We planted that at the end of October, the beginning of November, and, and you can see we confined it to, you know, fairways and teas. Now, but brothers and sisters, we throw that seed out there. When we throw that seed out there, there's a little preparation that went on before that. Both from the standpoint of having it really um, grow well in the fairways and the teas where we're trying to plant it, and then to have it not grow where we don't want it. And then once we plant it, there's a, well, there, there has to be some, some action and activity that's going on as we're planting it. It's getting, we, we, sh- we, we use a, a, a machine that's kind of dropping it straight down, not broadcasting it, to try and be more accurate and get more into the ground. And it's got to get onto the ground. It can't stay up in the grass. We've got to get it down into the ground. So we do, do certain things to prepare that. You know, we go in there, we cut the grass down short, we double cut it, we cross cut it, we're trying to do everything that we can to make sure that that seed can reach that good ground. And then we make sure that we're watering it, we fertilize it, we do everything else. Now on the other hand, on this stuff outside here, if there happens to be any seed that's spilt there, the same thing that happens on the fairway can happen off. So we put a, a, a... What's called a, a pre-emergent herbicide. We spray it with something so that when that seed breaks the hull and that root starts to take hold, or it starts that primary root goes into the ground, it takes up that herbicide and it kills the plant. This seed here, this seed is probably was probably harvested last year. I know I have a couple of bags of seed. That was probably a couple of years old. It's in the building back at the shop. I was going to ask Steve to bring that, but it would have been a 50-pound bag, and him and I just... just. But it's, there's 50-pound bags, and I have a bag of seed, at least a couple, that are from a couple of years ago. And you know what I noticed? That seed sitting in the building, in that bag, for a couple of years, not doing anything. No plants coming. Nothing growing. Nothing happening. If I leave this seed here, sitting here, it'll sit there for years and years and years. In order for something to happen, in order for that to grow and bring a harvest, it has to be planted. (laughs) It has to be planted. There has to be some action that, that, that takes place. And then when it's planted, my brothers and sisters, it has to be planted into some good ground. Some ground that's that's receptive for it. it, has to make it to the ground, and then there has to be some stuff that happens and then if some bad stuff is already there, when that thing bro- it, it'll break the hull and it'll try to start to grow it'll start to do what it was intended to do, but if there's some bad stuff that's there that's that hadn't been gotten rid of, guess what that bad stuff is going to kill it there'll be no harvest we're going to go to another scripture now because I don't think that we have. A lot of that going on in here, so we'll just go to another scripture. Hosea, chapter 10, verse 12 says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness, you have reaped iniquity, you have eaten the fruit of lies, because you've trusted in your own way and in the multitude of your mighty men. My brothers and sisters, this is an awesome, this is to God's people. Hosea spoke this prophetically to, to Israel, and it also is the word of God for us as well. But look at what he's saying. Break up your follow ground. Break up your follow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. My brothers and sisters, it is time for us to be the good ground again. Many of us started off as being good ground, but but because of the the, the 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 just the cares of this world, and because of some of the things that have happened, because of circumstances, we're no longer, And you're and you're still hearing. You're still coming to church, or you're still listening to your second favorite preacher on the radio or on TV. Because I know I'm the first, so you're still listening to those guys. But but it, but it's not. But but it's not really having the same effect. There's no. You're not seeing the fruit. You want to see some fruit. You want to see something produced. You want to reap the harvest. Why aren't my kids being saved? Why? Why isn't the Lord moving through me like He used to move through me? What's going on? Why does it seem like the ministry through me has been stalled? Why is my marriage kind of hit this plateau and we just can't seem to get over these issues? Well, why is it that, you know, I, I just get uh, sick and tired all the time of, and sick and tired, what, what's going on here? It's time to break up the fallow ground. That we might be able to be that good ground and let that seed soak in, let that seed take root and let it grow and let there be the harvest that needed to be... let that, A hundredfold, my brothers and sisters. A hundredfold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, when, when the Lord really popped one on me in the middle of the week and I was so taken back. And so I hope, Lord, I pray right now that you allow me to minister your word, Lord, like you ministered it to me. Please, Lord, have your way in Jesus' name. In Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read to you a little bit and then there will be a little bit on the board. But just listen, please. This is Mary, the angel of the Lord, appeared to Mary, Jesus' mother, when she was just a teenager. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and and, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And so we know this. Many of us know this. And many of us will hear this time and time again over the next several days. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I don't know a man, since I've never been physical with a man, I've had no physical relationship with a man, how is this going to happen? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Why? Because it's of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. God is His Father. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, this is the key. This is what I want you to get in verse 38, Nyla. It's on there. There you go. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the key. When she asked the angel, How is this going to happen? It's not how. It can't happen. Just tell me how this is going to be executed. And so now we see this confession. Here's what she says. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Behold, I serve the Lord. Behold, the Lord is my Master. Behold, I'm the one that's in service to Him. So let it be unto me, just let it be done your will be done his will be done let it be done according to that word I receive it so let it be done I'm telling you my brothers and sisters break up the follow ground receive the Word of the Lord. Let it be done. Let your will line up with His. Because, my brothers and sisters, the miracle happens when Holy Spirit is allowed to work in your life. When you believe that Word, you receive that Word, you accept that Word, your will aligns with His will and miracles happen and nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? I believe it. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. Nothing is impossible with God. Uh, uh, this, that was prophesied centuries and centuries before it even happened. The virgin will give birth. Now, even in seminaries, they're trying to dismantle that. Even in seminaries that call themselves Christian seminaries, will try to give a reason that that doesn't mean exactly what it means. My brothers and sisters, it means exactly what it says. That version does not correspond with her age. Does scare you, Seth? That does not, my brothers and sisters, it does not correspond with the age. It totally and completely corresponds with her condition as it relates to being with a man. There is nothing impossible with God. You receive the Word. You put your will in line with His will. And it is done in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, she just simply and completely trusted God. She received the word. Let it be done. She knew full well what was going to happen. She knew that she would be an outcast. In 15, I think, in 2015, I preached a message and I said, it's hard for us to understand about you know, what Mary and Joseph, or specifically Mary, went through, because in our day, it's so common that you know, uh, people are, are, are pregnant out of wedlock. And I, and, I, and I know it offended a lot of people. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong or whatever. We know it's wrong. So I'm not commentating on a person individually. If you found yourself in that position, you're wrong. You're going to hell. You're, I'm not saying that. Is it wrong? Yeah, it's wrong. It's, it's wrong. But I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not judging you personally. That's between you and God. But I'm telling you, from the scripture, it's wrong. However, my comment then is that we can't begin to understand culturally the thing that she was actually going to suffer, how, how much that weighed on her. Right? Against the law against the law not just well it's a you know that's that's you're going to embarrass the family mary you know no it was against the law so now let we go to joseph in matthew now the birth of jesus christ was as follows after his mother mary was betrothed to joseph before they came together she was found with child of the holy spirit then joseph her husband being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly this is big he would have been well within his right, and according to law, he could have had her, took her to the, the elders, the Saints. He could have had her stoned to death, legally. But look at what the scripture says about him, that he was a just man. I want to tell you guys something. Justice has to include mercy. Justice includes mercy. Joseph understood something about that because look at the way he acted. He proved that he was a just man because he was showing mercy towards someone who just did him wrong, as far as he knew. Let's be honest, guys. Your fiancé comes and tells you that, and it's God did it. Are, are you? How would you feel? I'm not trying to be crass. I'm not trying to be flippant with this. Think about that. So this man acted according to what any man would do except that he was just and even though by law, cultural law, moral, even though by the law that they lived by, he could have had her put away. He could have had her killed. But he didn't. He wanted to do it secretly and privately. My brothers and sisters, this, remember Jesus when he's confronted with the Pharisees and the scribes, the lawyers of his day, the religious people. And they got on to him one time about you know doing things on the Sabbath, and he says, "Go and learn what this means. You prefer mercy before sacrifice." And They got him another time, and they were talking to him. I, they were always trying to nail him. You know that they were always trying to to get him tripped up. And there was at least two times in the scripture where he says, "Go and learn what this means. It's about the it's mercy. God is merciful. He's righteous. He's." Tri- He's just, he's a righteous judge, but he's merciful, gracious, loving. Hallelujah. Joseph, without the Holy Spirit in him, Joseph, without a Christ that died for him, understood that much. Hallelujah. So the angel appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You go down a little bit into that chapter in verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife Mary. And he put off the honeymoon until after Jesus was born. That's a righteous and just man. My brothers and sisters, again, he received the word from the Lord, but he had to go ahead and obey it. He had to come in agreement with it. He came in agreement with that word, and because Joseph and Mary came into agreement with the word of God, even though it was going to cost them something, it was going to cost them something. Did it cost them something? It absolutely cost them something. Absolutely. How does Joseph explain that? Joseph, you and your wife sinned. Well, it's not really mine. How does he explain that? Now, again, please forgive me. And please, I'm not trying to be offensive or be crass in any way. What I'm saying is they knew that this was going to cost them something. Yet they went ahead and they, they they lined up their will with God's will. They forgot about the cost to the extent that they were willing to do what God called them to do. And because they were willing to do what God called them to do, a miracle happened. It, they, it was, they had a choice. They had a choice. Mary could have you know, had a negative confession, and she could have delayed it. She could have. God could have found somebody else to do it. You know, Joseph could have tried to have her killed. I mean, he had a choice. I. You know, these these folks weren't just robots. They did align their will up with God's, and they received a miracle. You know, when I'm I'm thinking about this, I. I let's go back to Hosea. Let's just go back to Hosea. Hosea again. So for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. My brothers and sisters, we're talking about, I've been praying for, and many of us in this room have been, we're praying for revival. Revival has to begin in our hearts revival has to begin in the individuals it can't revival the true revival the next revival is not going to look I believe like anything else it's not going to be a you know this big thing and we're going to have days and days where people are going to this church because there's healings that are breaking out I don't believe it's going to be like that there may be some pockets of that I don't know but I do believe that the true revival that's coming is going to be it's going to be in pockets like this where people just absolutely believe God their, their, they, they, their needs are being met it's going to look like the church of Acts where people are not going to go to doctors, they're going to come to church. Where people are not going to worry about going to get their snap cards, they're going to come to church. Where people are not going to go ahead and beg bread anyplace else because they've got a family that's already taking care of them. And mighty signs, wonders, and miracles are going to take place among the family because of the love that's being shared and demonstrated among the family of God. Hallelujah! So we need this revival to happen, but in order for that revival, we've got to f- break up the follow ground that we might receive this word and not just receive it and then have it just blow away with the wind or get choked out by the cares of the world or you know, not really let it take root. That's why we've got we to tear up this follow ground. I'm going to read something to you. Just listen to me. Listen to me. Mark it down. Read it later and see if it doesn't say this in your Bible too. In Genesis 2, beginning in verse 4. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. Did you hear that? But a mist went up from The earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. My brothers and sisters, especially those of us who've been studying together on Wednesdays and we were into the garden and all this other stuff that's going on, you see, that that speaks to something right there. What? God created man with a purpose, period. There was no man there to till the ground. There was no man there to till the ground, break up the fallow ground. Let the seeds be planted in your heart, you got to break up the fallow ground. Genesis 2:15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the middle of the garden of Eden to tend to it and to keep it. To tend to it and to keep it. It is your responsibility, it is my responsibility to keep our hearts ready for that seed to drop. It is you and me that are responsible for that word of God getting into us and for that word of God to allow it to be rooted. It is your responsibility, it is my responsibility to be the good ground. We gotta keep our hearts tilled up. We gotta keep our minds ready. We gotta, my brothers and sisters, and stop believing the lies. What lies? Some of the ones that come out of your mouth. Man, I feel terrible you believe that? Yeah, well, I do. Am I... Well, no, 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 no. I just can't take this anymore. Well, you can't because you just confess. Just stop. That's a lie. God has not raised up a coward. God has not raised up a weakling. God has not delivered you from something that was totally negative to bring you to another negative. God has not done that. God has moving you from glory to glory to glory to glory by his word and by his spirit. You are set free from that back there to go on to the glory that he's already predestined you for in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But no, I've got to have this. I'm not going to be happy unless I can go to church, but I still got to have a million dollars. But I still have to have whatever you fill in the blank. But I still have to have this to be happy. I still have that to ha- have to have that to be happy. If this is not going my way, I'm going to be miserable. If that's not going my way, it just ain't right. Things ain't right. See, there you go. You're believing that lie. You're believing that lie. I've got to achieve this. I've got to do that. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. In order for me to be happy, in order for me to know that God is blessing me. No. No. Break up the follow ground. And, and look at what he says in, in 13. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies. Sometimes your own. Because you've trusted in your own way. You're following what seems right to you. You're following the doctrine that is, you know, a little bit here, a little there, a little over here. I'm going to go to this buffet kind of church activity where I can get what I need or get what I want and the other stuff I could just go ahead and leave over there. My brothers and sisters, that's what He's saying. Man, you're you're doing this according to your own way. You're doing things according to your own will. You can't have the miraculous or the supernatural happen in your life when your will is not lining up with His will. Remember Mary and Joseph, uh, just, just great examples right now. Their will, they lined up their will with God. They didn't ask God to line His will up with theirs. God, can we do this another way? God, I got a better idea. Let us get married first so then it looks like it might be Joseph's. It's not supposed to look like it was Joseph's. It's supposed to be so that a little Italian guy in 2019, before Christmas, can say, a virgin gave birth. Period. Hallelujah. Because with God, nothing is impossible. How will this happen? I know how it's going to happen. Line your will up with God's and then it will happen. Do what thus saith the the Lord and it will happen. Stop going according to your skills, according to your natural abilities, according to even some of the supernatural abilities that God has given you. If it doesn't line up with His Word, don't do it. Are you good ground? Are you good ground? See, I, I, in the middle of all this, then I then I see uh, Zacharias, Elizabeth's husband. Remember Zacharias? We mentioned him just a little ago. In the uh, it was Mary's cousin. Remember, she was barren for all of those years, and Zacharias was praying, and she was praying for a miracle. And so remember, it was Zacharias' time to serve. He was a priest; it was his time to go in and serve. Right? So he goes in, and the angel appears before him, and he hit the ground. He hit the da- he was sucking rug, man. That that angel appeared to him, and he's on the ground sucking rug. He, it was very terrifying. But the angel announced to him that his wife, your prayers are heard. The angel, your prayers are heard, and this is what's going to happen. What did Zach... How did he react? How am I going to know? Are you kidding me? You've obviously... You and your wife have been praying for this. An angelic being that's so intimidating, so awesome that you get down on the face and you're breathing the dust off the rug, makes this announcement and says that your prayers have been heard. So he knows what you're praying for and that your wife is going to give birth. And Well, how am I going to know? Well, because you doubted the word of the Lord... You're not going to say another word. Amen. So I want to ask y'all something. I, and when I look at this, I want to say, "Okay, Tony, what this is bothering me." Okay, Tony, what does that mean to me? How, how does that apply to me? How many times has the Lord answered my prayer, but it didn't look exactly like I thought it should look? Come on. I mean. <laughs> Come on now. And so there's hesitation on my part. So I'm going to use me. I'm not going to use you. I don't want to, Are you with me? Is that tracking with anybody? See, the answer didn't quite look like I expected it to look. Now let me tell you something about old Tony. Very rarely does the answer look exactly like Tony wants it to look. Can anybody else say that? Amen. But here's the thing about old Tony. Sometimes he has to get a few bumps and bruises before... He's a little bit, what you call, He's a little bit hard-headed. And so sometimes he needs to get knocked around just a little bit. Anybody been knocked around? Okay, but now old Tony's been knocked around enough and he's grown old enough. Now that I'm something years old, I've grown old enough where I don't have to be knocked around quite as bit as I used to. Now, he says this and this is the answer. Okay. And I might not even like exactly how it is, but He's God, I'm not, we're going to go this. And I know that even though this might not be the thing that I want in this moment, the end of it is awesome. Hallelujah. But it, I don't feel good right now, Pastor Tony. It's, just, it's not really, it's not, it just, it's, I just needed something else. How do, you, do you even know what you need? No, 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 I'm not being ugly. Do you even know if you believe in God and you believe He is who He said He is? Don't you think that He may know a little bit more about what you need? Break up the follow ground, y'all. Let's let's, break, let's get let's get revival going. Let's break up the follow ga- ground. Let's receive the Word and line our will up with His. Let's let's can, can we do that? So I see that. Zacharias, and I identify with Zacharias just a little bit. But here's the other thing. Here's what I've noticed, especially in ministry. So many times, we confuse our will with His will. Because we want it so much, and it's our spirit. But my brothers and sisters, it's by His spirit. that We have to get our spirit lined up with His Spirit. And then the Spirit influenced the soul. My brothers and sisters, we have to go ahead and open our hearts up and be willing to receive the Word. And even when the Word steps on our toes just a little bit, we need to go ahead and keep in mind, He loves us. I'm His kid. He cares so much about me, He's going to make sure I get the correction. Isn't that what the Word teaches us? If you're without correction, you're not His kid. And God is so good to each and every one of us, regardless of who we are, regardless of how old we are, regardless of our, our, our genealogy, regardless, in Christ, man, Christ reached out to the world. For God so loved the God so loved the world he loves all of us regardless. He has our best interest at heart. He wants to speak to you and have communication with you and, and he's listen, he could have done it any like he could have done it any other way. See, remember back in Genesis, there was no man to till the ground. He put Adam in the garden to, to, to tend it and to keep it. God could have done it any way he wanted to. But he wants to do his work through you and through me. The invisible God wants to be seen through you and through me. God, who is love, wants to go ahead and have his love be expressed or who he is expressed between his people so that we have, we have not just communication, no, we have relationship, true relationship with him. And in that relationship, he's getting his work done. He has a purpose and a plan for humans on this earth. Do I have any humans in here? He has a purpose and a plan for you on this earth. He could have done it any way he wanted to. He could have made seed grow anywhere he wanted to, however he wanted it to. He could have done anything. He could have made it so that there never had to be a seed planted. He could have just made fruit perpetuate itself. He could have done it any way he wanted to, but he called this order so that you and I can partner with God. It is God who had partnered with humans to deliver a Savior. God partnered with humans. Do you get that? This crushes me. God partnered with humans to save the world. God wants to partner with you. Break up the follow ground. One last scripture, and then we're going to go. First Peter 1.22 Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, I got to got to I got to break this down a little bit. How did you save your souls? In obeying the truth. See see look you have his spirit you have his spirit communicating with your spirit now now you are able to go ahead and do his will and that's what saves your soul that's what purifies your soul that's what makes you clean and how is it shown loving one another Right, loving one another with a pure heart, not loving one, of you, not loving you with just my mouth, not loving you doing a good deed for you every now and again, but loving you with a pure heart, no ulterior motives. Not that I'm just trying to. I love you because I have to, because God says I do. You think God don't know that? Let me ask you this: You think I don't know that? Come on now, you can fool me sometimes, but you ain't all gonna fool me all the time. Some of you all get my. Oh, I love you, best Tony. Yeah, okay. Listen, no, I'm not trying to be ugly. What I'm saying, though, to you, my brothers and sisters, is it's easy for us to say and even put, to put on the show, but God knows our hearts. So, man, that's what I'm... Oh, man. Break up the follow ground. Break up the follow ground. God has called us to love one another and to love our enemies. How can we do that unless we break up the follow ground? We need to receive that seed that engrafted Word of God that is able to save our souls. Right? Isn't that what it says? Yes, it does. Fuck with my hands, and this is going to throw me way off. But anyway, we'll give it a try. And <laughs> all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as flower of grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures how long? Forever. Break up the follow ground. Receive that incorruptible seed, that word that lasts forever. And the way that you keep that word operating in your life, the way that you uh, cause that, the, the, the supernatural to, to, to be performed in the natural is by lining yourself up with that seed, that word that you've received in your heart. And let it be done, boys and girls. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Break up the fallow ground. Let's receive this seed, this incorruptible seed and let the supernatural be done in our lives. I want to see the Word of God just come alive in all of us so supernaturally. And the only way that's going to happen is when we line up our will, when we hear that Word and we get into that word and we walk according to that word that's been planted in us and we keep that ground tilled up. See that presence of God in the garden? That was God didn't need Adam to do anything. He could have just spoken if it could have been done. But he wanted Adam to keep that thing tilled up. Adam, let's keep oh <laughs> Adam, let's keep working on this relationship. Adam, let's go ahead and keep tight, Adam. When I come to walk in can walk and talk with you so that you can receive my word so that no hurt or harm can come to you so that you're protected from the evil one guard that word keep that ground tilled up tend to that garden fathers are you tending to the garden in your house come on now oh, hallelujah. come on now are you tending to the garden that God placed you in Man, are you, are you receiving that engrafted word? Are you receiving that word that lives and abides forever? Are you keeping that stirred up in you? Hallelujah.